This week's podcast, Vanessa Alston explores the theme of approaching the table as an expression of God's unconditional love expressed in ultimate hospitality. This was recorded in the Moot Community Eucharist on Sunday the 19th of September 2010. Um, and I guess what I'm re- reflecting on, the central image or metaphor that I'm reflecting on is, um, is one of the table. Because in the Gospels and in the early church, the table has a really important place. It has an important place in Jesus' stories and parables. Um, But it also has a really important place in Jesus' life and ministry because he was always sitting at the table. So a lot of what we read about in the Gospel took place around the table. And then similarly, when we read about the early church in Acts, they too were sort of gathering around the table. And um, somebody who I sort of admire quite a lot, an Anabaptist called Noel Mauls. He always says, you know, when God started the church, what he gave us essentially was a table. You know, that's kind of what God gave us. So I just want us to kind of stay with this image of this table that God asks us to kind of gather around. And, um, and really, how do we gather around that table together? And in the parable that we looked at two weeks ago, we sort of see Jesus observing the sort of his society and the way that they would come to a table and so a Pharisee or somebody important has invited them and Jesus sits and he watches how people take their place and what he observes really is the kind of ranking or status system of his day so people who were considered important they take the kind of the places at the top and kind of people who are considered perhaps less important and significant take the places further down And Jesus kind of sort of reserves this and he sort of says, well, when you come to the table, don't take the the big chief places, the important places. Actually, now you go to the bottom of the table because actually that's a more secure place because then somebody might ask you to move up. But if you assume the top place, you might very easily be asked to move down. And I think I reflected a bit how in our culture, you know, no society is without a status system. Every culture, every human society has a way of ranking ourselves against each other. And I think in our culture we have sort of mixed, there are mixed ways, but it is, you know, in a sort of meritocracy, it's about being the brightest, the best, the fastest, the most efficient, the cleverest. And there's always someone behind us who's ready to take our place. So it's not really very secure in terms of belonging. And I think I reflected that sort of in our in the in our hearts we have a really deep desire to belong. So how do we come to the table? I think when Jesus lays the table, uh, he calls us to something very very different. That while you know there are differences among us, you know, and it's not that we ignore those; we acknowledge those. Different ones of us have achieved different things. Different ones of us are different. You know, we come, we are diverse. That exists. But I think what Jesus says is, but that isn't the way that we're going to rank ourselves or position ourselves. So my educational status, my monetary status, my background, my family, my class, 
whatever, 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 that is no longer going to determine how we come together and how we belong to one another. And this is, in a sense, a unique society that I think exists nowhere on earth, just in human terms. And the only reason that we can possibly start to think about coming together in a completely different way without measuring ourselves against each other. And I think I talked about, you know, we might not do it outwardly, but we can still do it inwardly. We can still inwardly be measuring ourselves against each other. It's very difficult to escape it in some form. So, you know, I think I was asking the question, so how can we, how can we possibly relate to each other so differently? And um, I think in my reflection on this image of the table, I think sort of fundamentally it's because this table isn't a human creation. It doesn't come just from within human society. But as Christians, we, thought, we believe that Jesus has laid a different kind of table. With It's not just human food on this table. This is food that comes, in a sense, from another place. And this is a table to which we are all freely invited. And I'm not invited to this table because I'm particularly good-looking or because I'm particularly successful. The only basis that we're invited to this table is because we're loved. Full stop. We are wanted. Full stop. There is nothing, there's no other basis for us coming to this table. It is literally, you are loved, you are wanted, you're invited. And that when we respond to that, in a sense, I can't come to this table saying, oh, this was my idea. Actually, I, I put a lot into that meal. It was, the, the menu was my idea, or the table decorations. I, you know, we... We have not provided this table in any way. This table has been provided for us. It's gift. And because of this, it provides a way for us to come together that no longer exists in that worldly way of relating to one another. We are guests in someone else's house. This isn't a house built with human hands. No one can take the credit and no one can take control and act like they're head of the table head of the family. None of us are head of this table. None of us is the host. Someone else is. So Christ has prepared a place for each one of us at this table. And we don't walk in and secretly place ourselves ahead of others in our own regard. But we know ourselves first in relationship to the host, to Christ himself, sent into the world with this invitation through the Father. We know, us, we know ourselves in relationship to the Spirit who's drawing us in. And because we know ourselves first in relationship to Father, Son and Holy Spirit, then out of that we start to know one another. Because we're called, because we're invited, it gives us a whole new way of knowing each other. I, um, I had to do a presentation this week. But um, in my sort of reflections, on, we had to talk about sort of mission which is how the church should be engaging in God's reaching out into this world. I sort of reflect that I think, you know, we have got a bit of a crisis in our culture. And I think the crisis is based on the fact that outside of work and family, all the, the, the basis for our relationships is actually based on the choices that we make. It's, tot- it's sort of become a case of, well, I like the look of you, or I think we might get on, so I'm going to hang out with you for a bit. 
But if I decide I don't like you very much or I don't think you're very cool, then I'm going to move on to somebody else. So in a sense, we have a culture that has become incredibly transient um, and our allegiances can be very temporary. Now, they're not always. I'm kind of... But I think that we, as a culture, we're starting to move into this very fast-moving and sometimes temporary way of relating to each other. Because, in a sense, we don't really have a basis for our relationships beyond this is what I've decided. I like, I kind of like the look of you, or I think we might be friends. You know, I think our culture is asking the question, what's the basis for us relating to each other beyond our individual choices? Is there a basis? relating to each other beyond my individual choice, my individual will. And I think this is what's so radical about what we have here. Because what it says is that, you know, when I come to belong to Christ, I come to belong to you, <laughs> and you come to belong to me. And the thing is, is that it's no longer something I just choose. But you're given to me. I didn't choose you. And you didn't choose me. It's no longer arbitrary. There's a whole other basis on which we're now relating. It's a bit like, you know, our culture, we can only say I, but we can't say we. But when we're drawn into the Trinity, when we're drawn into that relationship that exists in God, and when we're invited into that, you know, it's great, Vols says, you're not invited to a foursome. <laughs> Actually, when you come into that, you come into a community of others, and it's not optional. It's not optional. But we've preached and understood, I think, a very individualistic gospel. We've understood a very me and God or me and Jesus gospel. And we sort of think church is a bit voluntary and a bit optional. And we might shop around and choose one we like, but we'll move on if it doesn't really scratch us in the right way. And I guess when I was giving my presentation about why I think, you know, the church is facing this sort of challenge, I think this is the most challenging thing that we face. And I think it's our ability to form a genuinely transforming community. And by that I mean that both we're transformed as individuals, but we're also transforming those around us and beyond us. And that the two go together, that when I'm transformed, I will transform people around me. You can't separate those two. So how do we get transformed? Well, I think part of the problems with our culture is that we only get shaped and formed through relationship. If our relationships are very transitory and short-term, we never really have to get to grips with who we are and who someone else is. We can just move on when it gets difficult. But if we have to actually stick with each other and work through it, it's difficult, it's painful. I discover things in myself I don't like. I might discover things in you I find really difficult. I don't want to stick with that. It's hard. But that's the only way we get changed. It's the only way we grow and we get shaped. And if we don't do that, then we'll just stay quite selfish and quite individualistic. And we won't mature like we're meant to. And that's why our culture is so immature, I think. We're all teenagers, we can't grow up. <laughs> so there is something radically sort of countercultural about this. And I, so the challenge is, you know, for me to say, well, I'm prepared to try and work this out with you. Are you prepared to try and work this out? And I sort of think it's taken me a long time to really understand this. I think I've been an incredibly individualistic Christian. I haven't really understood this dynamic. 
I'm just going to read one scripture. Actually, it's not going to be from Luke. It's going to be from Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17. That is an incredibly radical sort of scripture when you start to think about what it means, that we become one in a completely different way. It's a, it's a kind of oneness where I can start to say, actually, your success is my success. Your happiness is my happiness. And then conversely, well, your pain is my pain and your struggles are my pain because we really are no longer in sort of competing with each other. But we are sharing something together. We're sharing the body together and we're sharing the life together. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. <laughs>